busy. <laughs> busy. But did he get busy? Yeah. <laughs> that's where you stay busy. It, it, it's like, that's one thing I can say about you that you probably were the busiest woman in the business. <laughs> uh, you stay filming, you stay doing something. So what'd you, what'd you get into today? Today I was putting the finishing touches on my website that I'll be launching here in about a week or so. Yay! So tell us about the website. So my website is going to have all of my full hardcore scenes on it. It's going to be a membership site. Um, it hasn't launched yet as of today, March 13th. However, it should be launched by the end of this month. Um, I went with Elevated X, and they're one of the, the leading uh, platforms in, in porn, period. Um, they host yeah, a lot of major sites. And so I, uh, I met with them at AVN, and I, I, just, I really liked them, so I decided I would go with them. Okay. So Now... So people can understand when you're doing your own standalone site that doesn't involve a mini bids or anything like that, it takes a little bit of money. Yeah. Because a lot of people can understand. So speak to people that don't understand when you go that route, Elevate X, which also also adds into you got to deal with CC Bill directly. The the difference between that and you doing it like like, you know, like some girls got a dot com, but it goes straight to their OnlyFans. Yeah. <laughs> you get where I'm coming from? You know, please speak to that. So my website is going to be hosted on LBX. <laughs> um, they use Mojo Host as their server. And um, Elevated X actually has two different options for uh, their membership sites that they will host. Um, they have their Elevated X Complete, which is the option I'm doing. Um, mm. It's set up very similar to like Model Centro, where rather than paying a monthly fee, you just pay a percentage of your earnings. So mm. it's an 80 20 split in my favor. Um, they keep 20% to cover the hosting, the credit card payment processing, um, mm. all of that. Uh, the the hard stuff, the complicated. Yeah. Stuff. Um, their other version is, uh, I think it's just called Elevated X uh, rather than Elevated X Complete. And their regular one costs a lot. It's a $500 a month monthly fee, which yeah. is a lot of money. And that's usually, or the company, the people that are using their full version like that, they're the big companies. It's it's yeah. Groovy, for example, is one of their their sites that they host. And, you know, Groovy's always going to make a lot more money than I am. So, um, you know, I, I'm really grateful that they have this Elevated X Complete option because it's made for performers like me. It's made for individuals like me who still want to have a pay site, who still want to be able to have a special spot, spot for all of our fans. But it's a lot more affordable and a lot easier on my wallet. <laughs> yeah, because it, for people to understand, you do, when you do the regular Elevate X, or even deal with CC Bill directly, depending upon wherever your webmaster is, you do get 100% profit, but you're going to pay out the ass to get that 100% profit. Exactly. You know, period. I even know with CC Bill, the last I checked, you had to pay 700 a year. Wow, yeah. You know, period. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's not count the initial payment web but if you have that account you can have multiple as many websites as you want on that account yeah you know and, period. 
that's really helpful for people. Um, you know, I, I know Sophie Marie, who's just down the street from me. She's got the, the full version of Elevated X, and she's got a number of sites that kind of fall under her umbrella of sites. And another thing that they do for sites like hers is um, they can connect them all. So when you subscribe to like Sophie Marie's website, you can also mm -hmm. get all of those other sites that are under her umbrella for this all included at the same cost, which is mm -hmm. honestly really cool. Yeah. Yeah, because that's what a lot of the, the sites do. Um where you 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 join one and you basically have access to all. Yeah, you get you like know, access to their whole network of sites basically. Yeah, because um because even like I said from the days I come from, you wasn't considered a real porn star unless you had a standalone site anyway. Yeah. You know, period. And what people don't realize the beauty of having a standalone site is you can put up what you want and you ain't got to worry about so much of being bothered. Exactly. You know, period. Because you're basically policing your own shit. Damn it. You know, period. And, um, but the difference is when it comes to them, they, they their criteria which you put up there, they, they scrutinize way harder than a mini vids or OnlyFans or any of that. Cause they, cause, cause they want your shit to be high quality. They don't want no bullshit going up on that site. Exactly. Exactly. Because people don't realize that, and that's where I came from. Even like, I remember because the sale was like that. I remember Rude.com used to be like that. At one point, Pornhub was like that. When I, you know, what I'm saying they wanted to be a certain, you know, uh, gigabyte, a certain. They, they wanted the video to have a certain quality, whether it was 2K or 3K or what have you. You just couldn't put up a cell phone video and think that shit was going to fly. They, they, they wouldn't even allow you to publish the shit. <laughs> <laughs> so with that being said, hello, smokers. As you see, we start off hot as usual, as we always do. Welcome to the Smokers Lounge here on Anchor. Well, excuse me, not even Anchor no more. It's now Spotify, Spotify podcasts for Spotify. I'm your host, Cameron Officer of Champ, a.k.a. the Porn Rap Star. Y'all know what it is. Find all my links with one link, allmylinks.com backslash porn rap star. Four sponsors to tell you about lsworld.com, excitebunny.com, rodsismagazine.com, as well as the great and wonderful blusherocker.com. Probably remember the gwdistrict.com, so go over to shop gwdistrict.com and buy something from over 500 black-owned retailer shops and boutiques. Every morning, five days a week, go to fullyswapradio.com and listen to me chop it up with the industry's hottest talent as well as people in the sexuality business and all of that, discussing the business of porn, sexuality, and everything up under the sun. Yes, we have the conversations that y'all scared to have on FullySwapRadio.com. Also, check me out on SkyHawkAfterDarkTV.com, as well as the BGP LLC app. And as you can see, that gorgeous, beautiful smile over there, smoking on, uh, uh, I guess, a pen out this motherfucker, keeping up with the smokers' lounge. We're talking about... You scream, I scream, we all scream for Sydney Screams, ladies and gentlemen. Say hello to the smokers. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> so next time, this was going to be a premium smoke room, but I said, no, nah, I already had a premium smoke room. So premium smokers, we will have a back on the show for premium smoke room. But today, this is for the smokers lounge and everything. And that's interesting because it's like people don't realize the next step is for you to have a dot com, your own website. And a lot of people don't understand the steps that you have to go through to get that. Is because Model Central, you know, there's plenty of companies like Model Central before that. I think it was a couple of them that did what Model Central did. And 
that is not an actual website. It's actually it, it's similar to that, but Pornhub is just it's not as much oversight compared, you know, period. So what made you decide to go to the, the full blown dot com? Well, a few years ago, I had tried my hand with Model Centro, and at the time, I wasn't really shooting the quantity of hardcore to have a membership site that really, that made me feel like people would want to join it. You know, Mm. I was kind of just shooting like one scene a month. I wasn't putting as much time or effort into it. And now that I'm doing this full time, now that I am filming, like, I'm posting four scenes a month. I have the content to have a membership site and ultimately like we're about, we're kind of in a recession and I know that people Mm -hmm. still want to be jerking off. They still want to masturbate and my scenes don't come cheap. I charge a lot for them and I get that. Mm -hmm. And so I want to bring something that's a little bit more affordable to my fans where they're still able to get all of my content for one low monthly price and they're not hurting their wallets, you know. I I'm gonna have my website priced out. I think either nineteen ninety nine or twenty four ninety nine, and that alone is the cost of one of my scenes. And they're gonna be getting one scene per week, every week of the fucking year. You know, I've already loaded up a full year's worth of content on my site because I don't want people to join a site for however much I charge for it and there not be anything there. Like, that doesn't seem fair to me. And so I want to give my fans as much as I can in at a cost that makes me feel comfortable and that enables them to enjoy and appreciate my content. You know, I think I make really great scenes. I work with some incredible performers and I just, I really want to be able to bring my porn to a, a larger audience. And I think that a, a pay site is the option for that because, like, I've got an OnlyFans, but if we're being honest, OnlyFans is stressful as hell for me. And it m- really made me resentful of my work within this industry. And so I'm trying to move away from it in 2023 because mm-hmm. I think that I can offer a better value for my, my fans elsewhere you know yeah because when you think about it the question i ask you is which we'll get to what you you got in your mouth because i think i already know we're gonna get to that conversation in a minute (laughs) ladies and gentlemen that um how much should a person film to maintain a website because see i was always taught this this is me we was told you, you don't start your site till you get 10 scenes, you know? And the way we used to do it was we start off with five scenes. And then because we was at, the way we used to update was monthly. So you at least have two to one scene that you drop monthly. Now, mind you, yes, it's back in the day where it wasn't a lot of people in porn. It wasn't a lot of websites and all that good stuff. So less was able to be more. You know, period. Now it's about the quantity, not really the, the, the quality, even though the quality helps people make more money nowadays. Just keep it 100. That had to change. But to you, in this day and age, before someone can sit here and say, I want a standalone site, because that's what we call it, a standalone site. How much content should they have and how and how much should they be filming to keep that updated to make sense logically for them to have that? So I think it varies person to person. Um, For me, I really wanted to have that backlog on my site existing. Like, 
Elevated X has the 10 scene rule as well. They say you can't launch your site until you have 10 pieces of content ready to go. And mm. 10 is a lot. Let's be real. 10 yeah, is yeah. a lot. But I have over a year's worth of content already posted on my mini vids, on my clips for sale, um, mm. previews on my Pornhub, all of that. And mm. so I want people to be able to come to my site have a year's worth of content and still know that they're going to be getting weekly updates for at least another year. Um, mm -hmm. Because I think that for me personally, I am a bargain hunter and I kind of am applying yeah. that same logic to the people that I assume are going to be joining my, my site. They're, they're kind mm -hmm. of bargain hunters. And so I would say that you could easily easily have a pay site and only technically have a year's worth of content. I really mm. think you could. However, I think if you're here for a long-term play, I think if you're here as a career rather than a side hustle, I think the more you have, the better. And, mm. you know, I'm launching this site. I already have the next several weeks worth of updates loaded up onto it and everything. <laughs> but I haven't shot for over a month now just because mm -hmm. I have a lot going on. Like you said, I'm yeah. busy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I also have over a year's worth of backlog that hasn't even been launched yet mm. because I shoot hard. I hustle so hard when I mm. get tested. I, I don't test every month. I don't stay tested um, just because my life doesn't really work that very well. Um, when I get tested, I'm planning to shoot at least two months worth of content in one test, mm -hmm. which two months worth of content is only eight scenes, which isn't mm -hmm. both a lot and it's not a lot. When I was trying to get like 15 scenes in two weeks, and I'm 35. I'm fucking old. I'm tired. I just want to be doing all that. And so <laughs> yeah, because even with me, like, even how I used to film, when I brought girls down for the weekend, we tried to shoot at least 12 to 15 scenes during that weekend. And the reason why I tell females, and they were like, why we shoot so much? Because I said, you want to at least stay five scenes ahead of your last update. Yep. And the reason why some people can understand this, shit happens. I'll give you the perfect example. What if you get in a car accident, you down for six months? Exactly. So that means you're actually losing out on money because fans, believe it or not, fans have a regular routine. You have a fan that wake up at six o'clock in the morning about to go to work, will go to her site immediately just to see if she got an update. Yeah. That quick. If they start seeing that she's not having an update, guess what ends up happening? They're not renewing the rebuild. Some even some fans will sit there and watch her site until she get a certain amount of scenes, and that's when they get a membership. Exactly. You know, period. So you kind of need to film in order to stay ahead of the current. You yeah. know, period. Yeah. You know, at the end of the day, it's not just about the quality, but also the quantity. But you want your quality to be up there too. I like to tell people, you know, when I used to do a lot of consulting, when I just talked to my friends, you know, I like to tell people, try to have at least six months worth of content in your backlog, period. 
because life happens, car accidents happen, depression happens, new jobs happen. All of these major life things can happen. Marriage, babies, all Mm -hmm. of it will fuck up how much you are able to do, how much you're able to film. And it's not that you're a bad business person. It's not that you're not taking this job seriously. It's just life, period. And, you know, um, unfortunately, our industry was facing a bit of a STI problem last year. Mm -hmm. That happens, too. And, like, none of that is anybody's fault. And so by preparing to have at least a couple months worth of content ready to go in your backlog, it's basically an insurance policy in this industry. And I recommend it to everyone. Yeah, because it... Because the whole point of the matter is, is that, like, for example, I done had uh, people that didn't renew their membership because they were like, you don't update enough. You know, which I don't give a shit because I'm going to update the way that I want to fucking update. I'm not here. <laughs> I'm not about to break my neck to try to, because especially me being retired because I'm not able to make newer content. You know, period. Plus, you know, I have a hard drive that's down that has plenty of content that I can't get to. Yeah. You know, because that happens to people. People don't realize... Shit happens. Your computer crash, and you, you, you know what I mean. It's, I've done lost more scenes than I probably done filmed, almost, because <laughs> yeah, of, of, of hard drives being crashed and all that. Yeah, I hate hearing that, but that is the truth. These things happen, and we have yeah. to be prepared for them. Yeah. So now, also, um, with the uh, standalone site. What's some of the things that you have to worry about that you don't have to worry about when it comes to admitting bids or OnlyFans? Um, gosh. Well, I'm not having to compete with my peers. You know, if people are coming to my website, they're not seeing anybody but me and my Mm -hmm. co-stars. They're not seeing other BBWs. They're not seeing other cis femmes. They're seeing me. And so there's a lot less competition because they're coming to me directly. But that Mm. also means that I have to up my marketing game a little bit. I have to make sure that everything is pointing there because many vids and clips for sale have internal traffic, whereas I'm going to be directing all of my traffic myself. There is no one else until I get it rolling enough where people want to sign up as affiliates, where they want to push people to my website. And that, that takes time too. And I think that that's one of the biggest differences is there's no built-in traffic. There's no internal traffic. Oh no, you, you, you have to actually work, get affiliate programs, all that stuff. It even worked to even pay to get your C, what is it? S E C O. Yeah, you know, per, to be at the top of a Google search list and all that—that's the one thing that many vids and like an OnlyFans someone kind of provide to a certain extent. But that's not because of you directly; it's because of the site in general. Exactly. You know, per. So yeah, so you have to do extra promotion when it comes to that standalone site. Exactly. Yeah, because keep telling people it don't get easier in the business; it get harder. <laughs> Exactly. And like, I'm out here trying to take my career to the next level. I'm pushing myself harder than I've ever pushed myself before. And I'm doing all these things because this is my career. This is my passion. This is what I love to do. And I want my fans to 
to appreciate that. I want them to look at me and say, damn, Sydney's got a good site. She's put a lot of effort into it and it makes me hard as fuck. And that's what I'm hoping. <laughs> so now also because of my webmaster, do you try to get your site reviewed? Um, I haven't yet, but I will once it, it launches. Um, I think that reviews are really valuable. They're also really good for SEO. Um, mm. And hopefully it'll help me drive some some better traffic to my website, especially I think those reviews tend to do really well when they've got um, an affiliate link that they can use because then they're a little extra motivated to review. They're a little more motivated to direct the traffic there. And so ultimately I will do some reviews or get some reviews done. Um, it's just finding the right people, finding the right websites, all of that. Yeah, most definitely. Now, speaking about making more money. See, Miss Lady might not be doing porn, but she was busy doing other things. And I always talk about prepping ourselves for if we ever step from in front of the camera. Putting ourselves in different avenues to make money outside of that. And you have a product which you want to boast about. Okay? Ah. And I'll give the floor to you. <laughs> um, so at, at AVN, I got to meet one of my toy partners like in person, uh, Peep Show Toys. They're based uh, outside of New York and all of their, their products are body safe, which is like one of my biggest things. And they don't use any gendered terminology on their site, which you already know is really important to me. And so while I was hanging out with them and spending time with them during AVN, they introduced me to one of the company, one of the, the manufacturers that they sell their products for, Maya Toys. And Maya Toys um, ha was working at the time, they hadn't launched, but they were working on launching a two-in-one vaporizer and vibrator, which is this baby. Um, <laughs> it's called the Vaporator. And it is part of Maya Toys 420 line. They have a whole line of 420 themed uh, products ranging from butt plugs that have the little weed leaf as the base. They have vibrators that have weed leaves printed on them. Mm -hmm. Like all of it is just weed themed. And then they had to go and like revolutionize sex toys slash weed products. And they invented the first ever vape and vibe. So you can... <sighs> Literally just unscrew your favorite 510 cartridge in and out of there. Yeah. I'm, I'm smoking a Rove one right now. Mm. It's got the 510 threading in there. So you just screw it in. I can never get it screwed the first time. <laughs> <laughs> so you take a couple of screws, huh? my stoner self. I just, I, I can't ever do it the first time. I always mess the, the threading up. But it's a 510 thread. And so... It's got three heating feature or three heating functions. So it's got your low, your medium, your high, depending on what you need. And then it's also got 20 vibrating patterns. So the top button here is for your weed. The bottom button is for your vibrator. And you can literally be vibing yourself. Take a pause, <laughs> hit your vape, go back to vibing. Yeah. <laughs> Cool. That, that is so cool. A vibrator that you can smoke with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I remember uh was it you that showed me the 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 bong the bong the bong dildo? Yeah. See, yeah, the, there you go. Me. Because even to me, porn and weed go hand in hand. They do. You know, per, and, and I'm very surprised that a lot of toy companies has not dipped into the 420 side of it because 
that's money, you know, period. And and I also noticed a lot of, you know, companies that deal in 420 are now going to these porn conventions. Go ahead, what you about to say? Um, I'm, I was gonna just going to tell you, like, the number of times that I've just gotten so high that I'm like, damn, look at this cool toy I saw on the internet. I'm going to buy it right now. They go together. They go together. <laughs> so easy. Why don't more companies do this? <laughs> I'm saying, because because even to the point that, shit, maybe I could fuck it and turn right around and get high real quick. <laughs> that, that would be a hot-ass video. She said that vibrate, then she just stopped it. <laughs> <laughs> and she blow it out the smoke. It's cool. hold on, but I gotta ask you: Do you ever make a mistake and press the wrong button when you're smoking? Um, <laughs> thankfully, no. However, what has happened? I got this a week ago. A week mm. ago, what has happened is I am smoking more throughout the day, <clears throat> which whatever. But then I'm also like turning on the vibrator part just randomly, and I'll just yeah, be like, yeah. start vibing on my nipples, vibing on my pussy. <laughs> I'm like, I'm sitting at my desk trying to work, and it's it's honestly become absent-minded to the point where I'm like, oh shit, I need to not keep this at my desk because all I'm gonna do is make myself so fucking horny I can't work. <laughs> <laughs> there gonna be a lot of women that gonna be high and horny at the same time playing with that damn thing. So, so it's like to me that you're a lady that you look for opportunities that is outside of porn because they're not necessarily outside of porn, but outside of filming. You know, yeah. to make money. How important is for ladies to look for opportunities like that, and how do ladies go about finding opportunities like that? So, I think it depends on the person. You know, there are people who have much more success on like their only fans than I do. And that's mm. cool. If they are, if they feel comfortable, if they feel stable, if they feel like their needs are being met, fucking ride that train. However, mm. for me, I've never been someone who likes to put all of my eggs in one basket. And mm. so I'm always having my hands in as many different pies as I can because for me, I make more money that way, and I am able to do a lot more things that are of interest to me. So I write scripts, like uh, custom, or sorry, wow, words. I write video scripts for people. So I have a few clients who will come to me, you know, once a month and say, hey, I need a script for a jerk-off instructions video. Cool. I write, I write press releases. I distribute press releases. I work with toy companies. Um, I am an affiliate, not just for toy companies, but for other companies as well. And for me, I know that there is a limit on how long I want to be doing this. Not because I am aged out of the industry, but I, I know that I'm at some point going to be like, I am tired of working this way. I don't want it anymore. And so things like affiliate marketing are setting myself up to have revenue beyond my porn for a longer period of time. And so for me, I'd say it's extremely important. But I'm also, like I said, I don't, I don't put all my eggs in one basket. My eggs are spread all around. And at one point I, I was working in a marketing agency and my boss had said something to us during like one of our monthly meetings, like, 
never let one client take up more than 20% of your earnings. And his theory for that was if that one client goes away, you're fucked. And then you're fucked. In his case, he's fucked taking care of all of his employees. And Mm. to me, that really rang true because porn isn't stable. Porn is volatile. It is. Not because of us, but because of the banks and the credit card companies. Yes, Lord. We 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 sitting here watching the bank right now going through hell down in Silicon Valley. Yep. <laughs> banks make our job volatile. And so for mm-hmm. me, I don't ever want to let one of my earners take up so much money that if it magically just disappears tomorrow. I'm hurting. I don't want mm-hmm. that to happen because it's happened to me before. I could name off Clip Via. That was a big one. When I was mm-hmm. first starting out, there was this alternative to um, Clips for Sale. It was before Minivids came around. I think maybe right when I Want Clips was launching, maybe. Mm-hmm. It was a site called Clip Via. It was great. Yeah, I heard of it. Yeah, Clip Via was good money. And then they disappeared. They stopped paying everyone. They just completely disappeared. And they would try to say things like, oh, you'll have your payment next week. You'll have your payment next week. You'll have your payment next week. But I know some people who never got their final payout from Clipvia. Ever. And that really fucked them up. And I... I've seen it happen. I've seen people lose their OnlyFans. I've seen people go from making $10,000 a month on OnlyFans to completely losing their account. And they were devastated. And rightfully so. Like, it's not all blaming them. Like, their, their devastation, their frustration, all of those feels, they're so fucking valid. And so for me, I would never tell anyone, put all your eggs in one basket. Don't fucking do it. Don't do it. No, because even to give you an example, like with my ex videos, apparently somehow I got in the negative. Don't know how I got in the negative. Now, the reason why they were saying was they overpaid me with the estimate for the view share. Yeah. Now, my question is, how the fuck did y'all fuck that up? Yeah. Because y'all supposed to keep up with that shit. You know what I'm saying? So if I would just depend upon X videos, I'd be sick. It's a reason why you have multiple websites. It's, it's, it's a reason why you have multiple accounts. Um, you find multiple ways to make money within the industry because just with Clips for Sale, Clips for Sale used to have a membership site, which that where a lot of my money came from. They took that away because they wanted to be more like OnlyFans. Yep. You know what I'm saying? You know, period. Do you understand that 75% of my money from OnlyFans, excuse me, from um, Clips for Sale, gone. They're not even counting when they did DVDs. They took away DVDs, 75% of my money, you know, period. So me having the X videos, me having the the, the Fap House, me having these different um, themes enabled me to continue to make money because if one slacks off, the other one would would catch it up. You know, period. That's why so many females was panicking when they were trying to kick people off of OnlyFans two years ago. Yeah. And, like, that sucked. It it did. And I think that helped a lot of people who are newer to the industry 
understand that they can't just put all their money or all of their time behind OnlyFans. They need other platforms. And so, you know, toy stuff, it may not be for everyone, but there are still alternative alternative ways for people to make money within this industry or outside of this industry that they can do still at home at their computers without having to get a traditional job. Yeah, because because at the end of the day, it's like if because what people don't realize, it might be easy to get to this business as they want to consume. The hard part is being able to maintain the money. That's the hard. See, see that, that what no one wants to talk about. Because when you hear about these ladies, when they when they, when OnlyFans start getting popping, making six figures, what they weren't talking about was they were talking about the one month she made that six figures. Yeah. They guarantee you never heard in the articles and people read them that she was averaging that. Yeah. No one was averaging that because even to the point I never forget with Selena Powell, who was the big time hip hop hoe. You know, she said she made a million only fans. Then about two weeks later, she doing the damn three dollars for 30 spots, just like everybody else. Now, if you made a million dollars, you would think that she'd be maintaining it. No, nah, she made it off the initial interest into her site. Yeah. Then the interest died down. So when you first get hot, yeah, the question is, do it stay hot? And that what a lot of these girls don't understand. Yeah. It's all about consistency, and there's a lot of people who don't really understand how important consistency really is, and it's vital. If you want to maintain any of those big numbers that people are earning, you have to be consistent with it. You can't just do one month on, one month off, one month on, one month off. Like, A, you're going to burn yourself out faster that way. And B, you're not setting yourself up for long-term success. You're setting yourself up for short-term success. And that's not the same. And at the but, end but of the But the question is, is people coming in looking for long-term success, they coming in for short-term success? That's the real question. Yeah. I mean, to me, I would rather have a lot of long-term fans. I would rather have longevity than go viral. Because viral, yeah. viral is is cool. It's a nice little ego boost, but going viral doesn't mean that you're going to be able to pay your bills in five years. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. If you want to look at like mainstream, not just like mainstream porn, but like mainstream media, a few mm. years ago, the the guy, where's my kid, or hide your kids, hide your wife. Yeah. Does anyone remember his name? Does anyone know what he's doing anymore? Who is this guy? That guy yeah. is girl, and I don't know fucking shit about him except for that goddamn meme. Yeah, even with with uh, Jimmy Smack, we haven't heard from Jimmy Smack since the article came out. Yeah, you know, period. He it that way. I tell everybody, viral is you hot one day, but within two weeks or a week, they forgot about it. You know what I'm saying? All the stuff that you hear that's outrage, that people have outrage about, it lasts for a couple of days, then we're on to something else. We don't remember it until something similar happens, and that when we go back to it, then it's back to the same thing. We're in the microwave era. So it's kind of like the biggest problem is that it's like my girl Remy Martin said it best. Nobody, people want instant gratification. They, They see the finish line, but they don't see the race that it took to get there. Exactly. Yeah. 
Because to me, I mean, that's what it comes down to. Because the work is maintaining what you're doing. You know, and a lot of times these girls get into it, they see the work and they out because it's too much for them because they were expecting it to be like that. And that's because they're looking at us and they're seeing, because of course on social media, guess what we're going to do? We're going to show you our best face. We ain't going to sit there and show you that she's stressed out because she didn't been trying to edit all this damn shit and the damn program is taking for fucking ever to damn edit this, to publish this damn one video or trailer. <laughs> Or, or or we feeling guilty because we doing so much work, but we want to spend time with our significant other and watch a movie. You know? <laughs> you know, period. Because we're not going to show that. So we, they're going to see our best face forward. You know, period. And that's why I'm glad that we have conversations, these podcasts and stuff like that. Because even with that, I did an a, a episode which is going to drop next week where I talked about podcast fatigue. And I've been hearing that a lot of porn stars are starting to do podcasts. And the question that I ask any porn star that's trying to do it, do you understand how hard it is? It's a lot it's of work. Not, it's a it's lot more work. work than porn, actually. To be honest with you, I know a lot of us know it ain't no the fucking is. Because here's the difference. It's easier to edit a porn video than it is to edit a podcast video. Because yeah. it's not about the action is about what she's saying. So I got to find the hot button shit within the conversation that I know will gain your attention and make you go get that. Yeah. You know, period. It's harder to sell people on a Patreon for a podcast. I'm on Spotify. I don't use Patreon. You know what I'm saying? You know how hard I got to work to get the subscribers that I do got? Because I'm asking people to pay for something they used to get it for free. Exactly. Podcasts are so much work. A few years ago, back when I was still living in Florida, I did a podcast, like I ran a podcast with my girl Whitney Morgan, and mm. it was called Taboo Fetish Talk, and we hosted it every single week. We did it live, and we just mm. pushed live what we had. We did the bare fucking minimum. And I know that after I left the podcast, Whitney had a lot of success with it because she started working with people who were able to go through and do the editing, make it more polished, promote it properly. And the podcast, it was really successful, I think, up until COVID hit, really. Um, And, like, it's a lot of work. Even doing the bare minimum like Whitney and I did. It was a lot of work because we always, like, we would record it together. So it was always driving back and forth between each other's apartments. Mm. It was finding people to attend or finding people to be guests on the podcast. It was having (sighs) different relevant topics every week because. Hey, y'all was doing in person. Me, I'm doing this shit over Skype. We talked about in person. That means getting motherfuckers to actually show up and sit down with you. That's a totally different animal. I ain't got that part yet. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Thankfully, we were both in Orlando and in Orlando, there are like a ton of fetish models. And so we were very lucky to have a lot of ease with that. But we did some or some of our our interviews and stuff on Skype or um, people would call in and stuff like that, which was always cool. But it's a lot of fucking work. Yeah. your your podcast is very informal conversations. Like we have things that we want to talk about, but we're not sticking to like one topic. 
were touching on a lot of different things. And Whitney and I, we would have themed topics every single week. So one week we talked about non-monogamy, particularly swingers and polyamory and everything that lies in between. One week we talked about foot fetish. One week we talked about tickling. One week we'd talk about whatever. Like, it didn't matter. I rem- Actually, one episode, there w- it was a peeing in buttholes episode. And I'm not even <laughs> kidding. I watched a girl's butthole get peed in. <laughs> what well, we did! And, like, even that takes work because that takes planning and anticipation yeah. and scheduling because you know you can't just put anyone on an episode about peeing on but or peeing in buttholes you have to have people that are willing to do it you have to have Mm -hmm. people that are willing to do it close like that live close to you you have to schedule with them it takes multiple people to pee in a butthole it's not just like you lay there and gape your butthole someone else has to still pee (laughs) yeah and then then the thing about it is also i look at like my man, fitness protection, he does a lot of his stuff in the studio. People, man, it costs to be in them damn studios. It yeah. costs. It does. It costs. And then, and then, plus with him, he also lives in in Vegas. So for him to pull off in person is a little bit easier than me. Everybody don't come to North Carolina. Shit, hell, motherfuckers drive through North Carolina. They don't stop half the damn time. <laughs> Not in the Raleigh Durham area where I live. They might stop in Charlotte for a weekend. That's it. You know, period. So it's because, like, one of my favorite podcasters, he shut down a show. Even though he recorded it, he wouldn't put it out. He said, I wasn't feeling it. Yeah. I, it wasn't good or what have you. And, of course, everybody was saying, oh, his podcast about to break up. He's not happy with the co-host or anything like that. I said, have y'all fuckers ever heard of podcast fatigue? You know, because it means sometimes where I had an episode that I didn't feel good about, you know, when I might record it, you know, period. And I didn't put it out because I was like, I won't feel it. You know, just like this podcast fatigue, this porn fatigue, you know, that's the reason, another reason why you film a lot, because it enables you to take that break when you're fatigued and no one notices. Exactly. Exactly. And ultimately, yeah. that's another reason why I have alternate means of earning even though i haven't shot anything since the first week of february i'm still making my money because i'm doing things like affiliate marketing for toy companies i'm you know getting paid to do things uh to post reviews to post uh usage videos you know i'm not just making my money from filming hardcore boy girl stuff I'm making money from filming fetish stuff, from filming toy reviews, from all of it. And there are so many different ways that people could be earning money to have their their insurance basically cover them when life fucking happens. Yes, because I'm sorry, even to the point where it been times where, shoot, I would happen when somebody counts because I need the rest. Yeah. You know, period. And some, because I even make a mistake and book three or four in a day, not realize that I booked three or four in a day until That's I went and looked. And I was like, how the hell I ended up booking all these in one day? <laughs> you know, period. And that's why I tell people because one, in podcasting, there's no initial money. Porn, there is. Yeah. Like you can make money your first month. You cannot make money your first month in podcasting. It depends upon 
how, how much engagement you're getting and, and, and all that good stuff, you know, period. So it's kind of like to me, you know, that's why I tell anybody when you get the podcast, you better realize that one is a labor of love. That means you really enjoy doing it. And two, you best to have a business to point people to, to spend money. You know, period. That's why porn stars can be good podcasts because y'all have something to, to send them to. You know, period. And and even to that point, like, even when I found out, like, with Patreon, you have a lot of girls that get the Patreon, right? You can't put no links in that motherfucker. No. Hell no. Mm-hmm. Spotify, you can. That's why I love Spotify. Thank you for having a subscription base. Because I can put their porn links all in that motherfucker. They won't take it down. But I can't put it on, on YouTube. Exactly. Because they will flag my shit with a quickness. Oh. I swear, man. It's it's people don't realize it's it's a lot of work in anything that you do. Ain't nothing easy. Whether even whether you're doing music, whether you're doing porn, whether you're doing anything with entertainment is the hardest based business because it's a content creator dominated business. Yeah. And it's based off of sales. It's not guaranteed money. It's really not. It's really not. And like I love this industry so much. But I honestly don't tell people a lot of the good things about this industry because they are blind to as much work actually goes into it. Yeah. They are completely blind. You know, I think, honestly, as much as I love TikTok, I think TikTok has made this worse because every every (sighs) other person you scroll through is like, I made $10,000 a month just selling pictures of my feet. No, you didn't just sell pictures of your feet you had to market you had to advertise you had to be on the right places you had to have conversations you did a lot more work than just sell feet pictures and they don't Mm -hmm. see that they're completely blindsided by ten thousand dollars a month that they don't see all of the work that goes into getting to that point and then half the time if you go look at their page guess what they got a free subscription Three dollars for thirty spot for thirty spots. So, if you made ten grand, imagine if you made how much you would have made if you charged them the actual amount that you wanted to charge them. Exactly. So, if they coming to you because you got good content or because you got cheap content? Exactly. That what people not getting. You know, period. That's why I tell females, it's not about how many new subscribers you get. It's about how many are coming back. Exactly. Exactly. You know, period. Because even to me, that's why I bring ladies back. Because y'all like seeing them come back. Y'all like hearing what they got going on. Y'all like following their journey. You know, period. And yeah, even with the TikTok, like I said, I got no issue with the porn stars doing TikTok this damn therapy. Here's the thing. You have to remember that with TikTok, you don't want to be so normalized because then you're taking away the fantasy. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, because I think that's where the girls made a mistake because part of being a porn star is that you want to be revered and loved. You want to be seen, not able to be touched. You know, period. And sometimes when you do TikTok, you normalize yourself so much that they don't feel the need to pay your price. Yeah. And I think that there's a really delicate balance because I think all social media has that effect, essentially. You know, people go on 
Twitter rants where they're complaining about whatever they're complaining about today. Mm. People do it on Instagram. People do it on TikTok. People did it on Facebook, on MySpace, everywhere. It normalized people. And it's nice to be normalized, but it's nicer to be this fantasy that people get little glimpses of and you still get to keep your life as you want your life a fantasy yeah because see it's something like because i had a conversation with my man master art shots out to him i did yesterday our money is made in the shock value when you take away the shock value guess when we took away the shock value of porn guess what ended up going down the price of porn when we took away the taboo-ness of it guess what went down the price of porn yeah. You know, period. Because everyone kept saying, we they want that real porn. It, no, 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 no. Y'all missing the point. They want reality-based porn. Meaning that scenarios that the average person can, can relate to. That they can find yeah. themselves in. Yeah, Many, you know, period. Even before I filmed hardcore porn, I can't even begin to tell you the number of people who would like be like, should I get naked to answer the door when the pizza guy arrives? Like, these mm. are real scenarios that people can mm. actually have happen. But in porn, we're bringing those fantasies to life. We're bringing them in front of people. And we essentially are fantasies. Mm. You know, I like to think of us, we're not quite celebrities, but we're celebrities in our own right. You don't know Brad Pitt's everyday home life. No. You know what Brad Pitt tells you. You know what Brad Pitt's publicist tells you. You know what he wants you to know, and that's it. That's it. And the the same should go for us, because at the end of the day, people are looking to us for an escape. They want to get out of their everyday life. They want to imagine themselves as that pizza guy who's having a girl answer the door naked. They're Mm. visualizing themselves in these scenarios. And honestly, that's fucking beautiful. That's so cool. We get to, we get to do that for people. Yeah. And it only works when we take ourselves and we step back from our personalities, from who we are as humans. And we put on a show. We're entertainers. We are show Givers, show people. I don't know the right word, but <laughs> <laughs> we're showmans. Can we That's give showman shit? <laughs> because not because I, I saw a dude that said porn destroying men. I, I saw this dumbass tweet, and I keep saying this: the foolishness of the few drowns out the truth of the many. And to me, I've I been said this for a person to say I'm addicted to porn. It, it, maybe I'm maybe I'm a little short sighted or what have you. I don't believe in no porn addiction because it's not real. It's literally yeah. been debunked. It is not registered in any any of the professional materials that tell us what addiction actually is. What people say when they say porn addiction, they're talking about porn dependency, which is a whole different thing. Different, and yeah. They, they may look alike. But they are not. They are not equal at all. Because you can be Uh, dependent on anything and everything. I am dependent on my marijuana to help me fucking sleep. Some people would say that's an addiction. However, 
our bodies are not physically addicted to it. Our bodies, I'm gonna give one of them. Have you heard anyone sit there and say they robbed their mother so they can get money to 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 to, to buy a subscription to to your site? <laughs> Exactly. No one is doing risky fucking behavior just to get porn fix. It doesn't happen. It doesn't exist. And like, one of my really good friends is a licensed uh, medical or mental health professional. I don't know exactly if she's a therapist, a counselor. I don't know. Um, But she's licensed and she has studied the textbooks that define what addictions exist. And she was actually just ranting about that this week because, of course, there's been a lot of anti-porn rhetoric on the internet recently. And she's, like, she just gets so frustrated. And I'm not nearly as eloquent or nearly as educated as she is in this topic. But what people mean or what people are talking about when they say porn addiction is just dependency. It's the same as being dependent on caffeine in the morning. I mean, caffeine you can be addicted to. There are physical symptoms. But there aren't physical symptoms of detoxing from porn. Porn. No, there's not. Uh, uh, trust me, I don't think a person with a day without porn, they up there shaking toes. Man, I need to see a dick slug right now. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. It's not no. happening. There's no physical symptom to it. There's a physical symptom when you detox from alcohol. There's a physical mm-hmm. symptom when you detox from marijuana, from cocaine, from literally from every single addictive substance. There is a come down where you are not a come down, but there is like, I just said it. <laughs> The detox period. There's a yeah. detox period that there's. It's not necessary for porn because you can literally just fucking stop. It's a decision yeah. that people are making to become dependent on it. And I think what it is is that. Sorry. One, when you have men that sit there and say that nine out of ten they're married and they're having issues and they're married sexually. It's not about the porn. It's about they're not being honest with their mate on the type exactly. sex that they want. Exactly. So many problems could be solved with better communication, but we live in a world where, or we live in a society because it may not exist elsewhere. We live in a society here in America where communication is fucking frowned upon. And that is the stupidest thing. Yes, the it is. Stupidest thing. <laughs> it solves nothing. In fact, it makes, it makes things worse. And we have such shame about our fetishes, about our kinks. We don't want to talk Mm -hmm. about them because we were told, oh, you don't talk about that. Oh, you're Mm -hmm. not supposed to tell people that. Oh, your kinks are private. Don't tell anybody. That Mm -hmm. doesn't do any good. No, it don't. Because because even to the point, because like when I had a conversation with you came to race play, when it comes to the more risque side of porn, when you talk about the stepmothers and stepdaughters and stuff like that, I said, once again, the money is made in shock value. There's a lot of people that want to see porn like that, that is shock value porn, because they have a fantasy about it. They get off on that. So if you don't want someone to kink shame you for the shit that you do, but you turn around and kink shame others, you know, period, at the end of the day. Because I even said this just in jest. I said, a lot of women that have issue with race play is usually nine out of 10 white women. No disrespect. No disrespect to the white women when I say this. And I know I'm probably pissed off a bunch of them. How the hell you have an issue with race play when your career is based off of fucking black dudes? 
is you not fetishizing black dudes nor making money off of the fetishization of black dudes. So the only difference you're doing between the girl that's saying the N-word and you is you're just not saying the N-word, but you use the same vehicle to make your money. You know, period. Same thing with a black dude. For you to see have an issue with race play, but you shoot nothing with but with white girls. You're making money off the fetishization of white girls. The only difference is the white girl just saying not saying the N-word in your shit. You know, period. But you call her every damn name outside of her name, so you know, period. It's the hypocrisy of it in a lot of cases. Because to me, especially in the black community, we are shamed for our kings. A man can sit and say, I want to be paid. Straight up man, you're gay. Yeah. How's him being pegged gay? I He's being been fucked been in the ass by his wife or a I woman. I've seen as much stigma about fetishes, about kinks, about sexuality, period, mm-hmm. as I have in the black community. And I recognize mm-hmm. I am looking at the black community as an outsider, but I hear it more from my black male friends than from anyone else. The shame mm-hmm. that they feel. And that's not fucking fair to them. That's not fucking fair to you. Yeah. And these are conversations that black men need to be able to have, that black women, black everybody needs to be able to have. And our society has taught us those conversations are wrong and you should feel fucking ashamed for thinking like that. And it's all very puritanical and very religious based. I bet a lot of those people who have that shame, have that guilt, were raised extremely religious. They were told Mm -hmm. these are wrong feelings to have. And they're just denying themselves. They are making themselves miserable because they're not allowing themselves to experience the things that they want to experience in a healthy and safe environment. They're shaming instead. And shame doesn't do anything positive for us as a society, period. No, I don't. Because (laughs) because to be honest with you, um, the thing about our business is we supposed to be judgment free, but yet we judge each other so heavily, you know, period at the end of the day, you know, which is crazy as shit. Just like and I said this before, you have plenty of men that's in the business and independent. They are open about being paid, but will never film themselves being paid. Exactly. Why? Because they're afraid that they're not going to be looked at as manly anymore. Stigma. It's all stigma. And it's pointless. I, I was shooting with someone the other day, a, a white male, and we were shooting some femdom content, and I made a joke about, when do I get to peg you? Mm. Very open-ended. It fit in the conversation. As an outsider, that maybe sounds like pushy, but it was part of the conversation that we were having. It was very fun and playful. And he turned around and he said, I'm not ready for that. I don't want people to look at me like that. He doesn't want people to look at him like that. And that comes from a place of shame, deep-seated fucking shame. And, like, he then turns around and tells me, I love being pegged. If we were doing this off-camera, hell the fuck yes. But we're not. We're here working. We're being professionals. We're not filming. We're not doing these things off-camera. But he has so much shame that he won't allow himself to experience something that he enjoys on camera because of the way it makes other people think of him. Yeah. He's more concerned was, about those people than his own happiness. And that's fucked. Yeah. And, and what's so funny is, it's funny, women 
can do it all. Men, we can do a fraction of it. And that's it. Yep. And, and that's it. And it shouldn't be the case. If guys want to get pegged, let me fucking peg you. <laughs> you you have some men that they enjoy being rimmed, but would not get rimmed on camera. Or, you know, it, it just like I hate producers that don't allow the man to eat pussy on camera. I'm like, but, but that's part of sex. Yeah. You know, it's, and believe it or not, there are men that actually enjoy watching another man eat a woman's pussy. Yeah. You know, period. And two, here's the other part. For some of you men that, because I know she done dealt with this, some of you men are underlying gay, you want to know why? Because if you ever sit here and talk about, man, his dick ain't big enough. If I was fucking you, okay, why are you worried about his dick? Penal ego, ladies and gentlemen. Penal ego. Not envy. Ego. Because you think that your dick is better than his. But the question is, again, why are you looking at his dick? <laughs> but you're not posing, but you won't be so manly. You know, I think it's totally okay to like dicks. I think it's totally okay to be a mostly straight man who looks at porn and says, I wish that dick was bigger. Mm -hmm. That's yeah. okay. To me, it doesn't yeah. bother me because at the end of the day, if they want to see a big girl or a girl get torn apart by a giant dick, cool. Maybe that's their thing. But why is that your thing? And why are you ashamed of that being your thing? Mm, that part. Yeah. Because every man does it when he's in the bathroom. He, he skirt his eye over there, especially at the stand-up stall. Yeah. We're curious. All men are curious of the next man dick size. Stop playing. We done done in the bathroom. They just don't want to openly admit it. So I, I dated this guy a few years ago who he was like, Sydney, I'm straight. I am straight as hell. But sometimes I just want a dick in my mouth. <laughs> straight, bro. And that's okay. Just fucking own it. Yeah. Just own it. <laughs> and that what I think the problem is people don't want to own they shit. And with that being said, people, I didn't held her up here long enough because she's a busy-ass woman and I know she needs her rest. And she got to hit more of that pen with the vibrator and play with it a little bit. So with that being said, she will be back. We will bring her back on the premium smoke room. The best smoke is always premium. Five premium podcasts for you to enjoy. $4.99 a month. The description is in the link where you can go subscribe. Watch it only on Spotify. That's right. Spotify has video like that of YouTube, and you can watch only there. So with that being said, baby girl, tell everybody where they can spend money on you. You can find me at sydneyscreams.com. Um, I'm sure by the time that this podcast episode launches, my website will be live, which is sydneyscreams.xxx. Uh, you can also check out Peep Show Toys and use coupon code SYDNEY to save 10% on your order of the Vaporator if you want to get high and vibe yourself like I've been doing. Um, <laughs> it doesn't cost you any money. In fact, it saves you 10% if you use my coupon code on peepshowtoys.com. And so then I also get a small cut of your sale, and that helps me earn money too. Hey, man, make money every which way. Send me the link to that toy too. Hell when yeah. we finish, so, so I can put that in the description. So with that being said, people, we are done. And you know how we end these things when we're done. Life is a learning experience. What's the point of the experience you haven't learned anything? Smoke this over. Say goodbye to the smokers, baby. Have a good night, y'all. Thanks for having me.